Hi, my name is John Garfield. This week we're talking about a theology for conspiracy theories. So I'm not a sucker for goofy conspiracy theories. Um, and there are some strange ones floating around. Uh, and there's always been an abundance of end time doom speak. And it comes out of the Christian community. Uh, faulty church eschatology has done as much, much to supercharge the climate over the, 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 the climate of fear over flu as the, the infection rate. Uh, it's contagious and uh, <laughs> it's not a good thing. So the most crucial conspiracy is the one led by the Holy Spirit to use sons to bring a reformation of nations. It's uh, amazingly well hidden. Uh, even believers call heavenly strategies conspiracy theories on occasion. And at the same time, miss strategies of the enemy entirely. <laughs> so the, I wanted to suggest there's awakening uh, happening right now and eyes are being opened to both good and bad strategies. It's a reality. So despite politically correct shaming, there is a devil. He does have sons and they do implement strategies and uh, we're not ignorant of those devices. Um, and we're really called to confront them spiritually and practically. So can you name any enemy strategies or sons who carry them? They do exist. Uh, listen to John 8, 44. You belong to your, this is Jesus talking, you belong to your devil, your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desire. You get that whole theme, you know, you have a father and you're carrying out his desires. Doesn't that sound a little bit familiar? <laughs> he was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. And when he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Now, Jesus was not mincing words when he said that. <laughs> in Acts 13, verse 9, uh, Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked straight at Elimaeus and said, You are a child of the devil and an enemy of everything that is right. Um, so the blog has the rest of that verse. Also a very confrontive language. Um, very, uh, some would say very judgmental. <laughs> so let's talk about um, no theology. For conspiracy theories. Lots of well-intentioned, even prophetic and mature believers have no theology for the enemy or his sons. They simply be believe that God is in control. They don't need to get their hands dirty with anything like that. And, and that God allows or causes all things. And he will work out everything in the end. In other words, um, <clears throat> redemption and resurrection is the answer to everything. <clears throat> and it is. In one sense, that sounds that all sounds good, but it translates to two fundamental misconceptions. Number one, there are no enemy conspiracies. I'm sure people believe the Holocaust was a conspiracy theory at one point in history. Uh, the biblical truth is that we have an enemy whose strategy is to kill, steal, and destroy. And uh, those acts, the coronavirus included, are not uh, God or the will of God. He's not causing that stuff. Uh, the second thing that happens uh, from that misconception is that evil is God's judgment. So there's a, another camp that says uh, if God's the controller of all things, it's, it causes people to think that he must be judging the earth when something goes wrong, or that he is somehow shaking us into repentance for our discipline, or that he's closeting us in a wilderness to develop our character. Uh, currently, that shaking that's being attributed to, to, to God, the coronavirus, is killing people and causing bankruptcies. Uh, so 
and I just want to suggest that's not true, but servants accept this BS with open arms. Uh, like it goes by without question. And uh, I want to encourage you to ask, <laughs> ask hard questions. So both of those misconceptions discourage believers from fully living out what is in their book, engaging in warfare, and removing evil when it blocks them from the desire God wrote in their heart or the desire that God has in his heart for things like reformation. So God has sons too, the ones all creation has been waiting for, sons who can see and do what the Father's doing. They can bind and loose in the name of Jesus. And I want to suggest that sound doctrine sounds more like this. Both good and evil have fathers and sons and strategies. God's sons are like David's mighty men who run toward the battle and kill Goliaths. In addition to God's sons, there are two categories of people remaining to talk about. One, children of the devil are committed to their father's strategy. Uh, those are real people living and breathing in our cultures. And if you can grasp this theology, you can also discern them. Um, Jesus spared no words on these quote-unquote people. They were real living, breathing people. And uh, Saul's servants politely avoid these verses of Scripture in the name of love and religious, religious political correctness. And this concept that we must never uh, judge other people or discern them. So Matthew 27, verse uh, starting in 28. Woe to you teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. Now that's a little bit confronting, don't you think? You are like whitewashed tombs which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of dead men's bones and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Now that is pretty strong language from Jesus. <laughs> so the uh, second category is soul servants. First one is... Um, you know, children of the devil. Some people are just totally in the wrong camp, and uh, you can't afford to ignore that. The second one is Saul's servants. The second category are believers on their way to heaven, uh, good people who haven't matured into their sonship. Uh, they are religious, but not totally righteous in the sense of choosing the right team. The difference is that Saul's servants run from battles, and David's mighty men run toward them. 1 Samuel 17, 24, when the Israelites saw the man, Goliath, they all ran from him in great fear. And in 1 Samuel 17, 48, as the Philistine, or Goliath, moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Um, so David was running toward the battle, toward the fray, toward the uh, confrontation. Uh, so there's this sense in which God is, is moving servants to sons. And we're all being invited to uh, 